we've been talking about forgiveness the last few weeks, and I just want to give you um, three three steps or, you know, three ways, you know, sometimes it helps to have just like a little bit of a, you know, process or something, you know, that you can walk to through or fall back on just to have, you know, so I'm just going to give you three ways. It's not the only way, you know, but it's just what came to me. And so I'm just going to share it. And it's something that helps me. So if it helps me, I think it can help you too. <laughs> um, but really, uh, why it was in my heart to talk about forgiveness is, you know, I definitely believe we're in the last days. And I mean, if you look around, you can see, um, if you've read your Bible, you know, Jesus gave us some instructions. There'll be wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, you know, division, all this kind of stuff going on, and you can clearly see it. But um, we all have been called... And we all have a place and God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And the really cool thing about it is like we read stories about people in the Bible and, you know, it's like sometimes I always wonder like, man, if I lived back then, would I be in the Bible or, you know, whatever. But, you know, even though they did all those great, wonderful things and, and you know, they made it in the Bible, we're a part of the living Bible. And God called us for now to wrap it up, to bring it home, which is just as, invaluable, just as valuable and just as important as the beginning. The end is just as valuable and important. And so, you know, I look and I'm like, wow, of all the times that I get to be alive, it's right now. And so when this message of forgiveness came up, I was like, God, you know, why? And it's like, in order for us to be in our place and for God to use us and for us to do what we're called to do, we've got to be in the right place and we can't be all icky and messed up on the inside. So we've got to get ready to do what he wants us to do and we can't be hung up on the, the tricks and the, the enemy. You know, he's, he's throwing stuff at people and people are taking it you know, and, you know, there's Christians that are falling into the things of this world, you know, and that's what the Bible said, you know, that people would be deceived, there would be division and all of that, but there is a way out. You don't have to fall into those traps. You don't have to fall after whatever the enemy feeds you. You don't have to just take it and just do it, but God provides a way out. And so forgiveness is a way out, Forgiveness is a command. Forgiveness is something that he has given us to keep our hearts right so that he can continue to use us to minister to people, to witness to people, so that our prayers will get heard. I mean, you know, one of the most amazing witnessing tools is when you go out and you lay hands on the sick and they instantly recover. Well, God can't use you if you've got ickiness. You know what I mean? You go lay hands on somebody and God's like, I'm going to need you to get this right first before you out there preaching <laughs> and being an example of me. And one of the biggest ways that we can be an example of him is learning how to walk in love and walk in forgiveness. That is a big sign of being a believer, is being able to walk in forgiveness. And so um, that's what he placed in my heart, and so that's why I'm sharing it. Um, Ephesians 4, verses, three, verses 1 through 4, in the New Living Translation says, 
Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Guys, we are brothers and sisters. As members of the body of Christ, God is our Father. I mean, it's very simple. He's our Father, and if I'm a child and you're a child, then what does that make us? Siblings, right? And siblings, if you know, how many of you have a sibling? Raise your hand if you've been blessed with a sibling. <laughs> I remember telling my mom, I was what, three, two, three? I remember telling her, Mom, we don't need anybody else, just me and you. She violated that and had three more. I was not happy. <laughs> but I am very thankful now that I have um, siblings. And um, it's an honor and a privilege. But we here, you may not have natural siblings, but you have siblings in the body of Christ. And if you have a sibling, you understand that, you know, you don't always agree on everything. You don't always see eye to eye. You know, there, there, you you may take their clothes, they take your clothes. You know, um, different things happen, right? But at the end of the day, you're connected to each other. You can't get rid of that person. You can't excommunicate them, even though you may want to. But they're your family. And that's how we are as members of the body. And at the end of the day, we should stand united. And when the devil tries to come in to take one of us out, we should come as a united front and we should stand and be with that person and we should help them, right? And so that's what that scripture says, that we should be united as one. Jesus' prayer, okay? So Jesus' prayer in John 17, 20 the New Living Translation says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. He's given us the ability to be one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Unity, one. So what does that mean? If you have ought against someone, you need to get it straight. How can two walk together unless they agree? That's not just a dating scripture. If people tell you, don't be unequally yoked. 
You, you cannot walk together unless you agree. So you can agree to disagree on some things, but there is a point where you got to come together. And we are the, the main thing that we come together on is that Jesus is Lord, that we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and that we're to tell others about him. So at the end of the day, you may not like this, you may not like that, you may not agree on this, you may not agree, you know, should I wear a skirt or is it okay if I wear, you know, do I have to wear pants or do I have to wear a skirt? Can I wear a hat? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? You may not agree on all those little things that don't matter, but do you agree that Jesus is Lord and that's what you come together on? So when it comes to forgiveness, it's time to stop struggling with forgiveness. It's time to let go of things that you've been holding on to. And here's a sign that you're still holding on to something. You know, a lot of times we think we forgive until that person walks by and we're like, ugh. Ugh. I was fine until they came in the room. I was fine until they showed up. <sighs> you're not sick today. You, you're going to come volunteer with me. <laughs> when we still have those feelings towards other people, you have not forgiven. You haven't let go. It's still bothering you. So I want to help you with those little like, you know, and it's really bad if you live with that person. Oh, it's you? You're still here? You didn't move out, huh? That fight didn't send you to somewhere else? Okay. So I got to make some adjustments. I got to learn how to walk in harmony and peace with you. I've got to learn how to walk in love. Oh, oh, we're married? Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't get married one day and then wake up the next day. I mean, people do it. They get married one day and wake up the next day. But I was listening to something. Um, I was scrolling through social media or something, and um, there was an interview, and this lady and her husband had been married for 38 years. And so the interviewer was like, you don't give marital advice? She goes, no, I don't give marital advice. She goes, I don't want to give marital advice because I don't want to jinx, jinx our marriage. We work hard, and we've worked hard to be together for 38 years. But then she begins talking, and she said, you know what? Every single day we wake up and we make a commitment to stay. Every single day. She said, we don't take a day for granted, but every single day we make a commitment to stay. And that's how we should be as the body of Christ. Every single day we wake up and we should make a commitment to stay. To be united and to stay together as the body of Christ. Forgiveness means to pardon, to grant relief, to stop feeling resentment against someone. Forgiveness is not a band-aid, like a quick get-over-it fix we apply to stop the bleeding and move on. But forgiveness isn't a pass for bad behavior. 
It doesn't mean you automatically forget what's happened or move forward as if nothing ever did. Forgiveness is the act of extending the unearned grace you receive to your fellow flawed humans. It's not exclusively for you or for them, but for both of you, an expression of what Christ did on the cross, releasing each of you from the bonds and chaos of bitterness and tension. Forgiveness is rarely easy, but is more bearable when you're in the yoke with Jesus and he's bearing some of the burden with you. That's the cool thing about God is that everything he asks us to do, he never asks us to do it alone. He's in you. So you cannot do it alone. If you yield yourself to him, he's there to help you. So he's like, forgive, but let me help you do it. Let me walk you through it. He gave us feelings, emotions. He gave us those things. So if he gave us those things, then we need to submit those things back to him so that we can learn how to manage them and use them properly. I mean, feelings and emotions are, are a great thing. You know, you want to be happy when you're supposed to be happy, right? I was, I was watching another video, and this guy was like, honey, watch, I can laugh without smiling. And she's like, no, you can't. So she told him a joke, and he was like, <laughs> he looks stupid, you know? I mean, a lot of times you don't laugh without being happy or, you know, having those, those facial expressions that go along with it, you know. But God gave us those things, but they need to be used in the right way. Our feelings should not overtake us, but we should use them at the proper time. And so when we submit ourselves to him, he helps us to do it. So number one, acknowledge. Okay, so these are the three things that I'm giving you. Number one, acknowledge. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 in the New Living Translation says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Verse 28 is what I want to point out. Carrying heavy burdens. Its full translation is overload, causing someone to be literally weighed down. Unforgiveness is a burden that will weigh you down and rob you of your peace. You know, some of you have been in that place where you're just like, I just can't get peace and I'm just you know, feeling some kind of way. And, you know, usually if things are going wrong, it's like when you're in your car, if the check engine light comes on, you take it to the dealership and you want them to plug in the thing to find out what's wrong with your car, correct? Well, when you're feeling some kind of way and you're not feeling that joy, you're not feeling that peace, then you need to plug into the word of God so that he can show you what the problem is, and he can help you with it. And sometimes you've been robbed of peace because that thing that you thought you forgave or that person you thought you forgave, maybe you said those words, but that hurt was so deep, it's still there. And you can't just dismiss it. Because we're people, 
and we've been giving feelings and emotions. You can't just dismiss it and go, well, you know, I forgive. No, that's when you take those feelings and emotions and you lay them at the feet of Jesus. And you said, God, you know, I really want to forgive. I really want to let this thing go. But God, it hurts. And I need you to help me with this hurt. I need you to help me to release this person. I need you to help me to let go of this offense. We ask for his help. It would be nice if every single time, you know, there are some times when people do stuff or you do stuff, whatever, and you can ask for forgiveness or they forgive, you go back and forth, and it's no big deal, right? It's just something little. But sometimes it's something a little bit deeper than that, and it goes on a different level. Because we forget people are human and we expect them to be perfect all the time. We expect them to talk to us correctly and get it right all the time. To recognize I'm already having a bad day when I walked in the room, so, you know, why would you talk to me? (laughs) You know, they expect you to pick up on all their social cues and know how they're feeling and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, like I said, we're brothers and sisters and we don't always get it. So sometimes a punch comes instead of a hug. If you have a brother, that's how it happens. They walk in the room and they're like, what's up? And you're like, oh my God, did you not see I was already crying? Oh, no, no. You know, this is my brother. No, 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 I missed it. Tell me what's wrong. (laughs) Well, first of all, I was already feeling some kind of way. And then second of all, now you punched me. And so now, you know, it's a double whammy, you know, whatever. But sometimes that happens. You come into church, you're feeling some kind of way. You know, you had a rough morning or something is going on. And then somebody, as you walk through the door, they're like, oh, you can't come in that door. You need to walk all the way around. And you're just like, I'm just going to go home. They just don't like me at church. I don't understand these people. I was already having a bad day. How did they not know I was having a bad day? What was wrong with that ambassador? What do you mean I had to walk all the way around? Church people want you to come in special doors and sit in special seats. And then we're gone. And then three weeks later, you're getting a call from the church. Hi, so-and-so, we've missed you. We haven't seen you. Y'all don't like me at that church. I walked through the door and they made me walk all the way around. And I was having a bad day. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't know you were having a bad day. They should have known by the way I was looking when I came through the door. (laughs) You laugh, but it happens all the time. It's what we do. It's what we do with each other. We come home. Did you not know I had a bad day at work and I came in the house and now you want to talk to me? Well, how am I supposed to know? You're supposed to know. They've got to learn how to let stuff go. Grief, pain, wounds, they're heavy. Constantly looking backwards is heavy. And your father is asking you to put down that burden. Stop looking back. When the thoughts of that situation come up, then you need to place them before God and continue. Stop looking back and keep looking forward and say, Lord, I've forgiven and I want you to help me to continue to move forward. I want to do a little illustration because I like illustrations. And let's see. Mr. JJ helped me get this right. Let's see if I can still get it right. Nope. Yes. All right. There's an end. Let's see what happens. Did it work? 
Did it work? No? Oh, so close. <laughs> Bonnie, you laughing? Good, you can help. Here you go. You got it? Ah, oh, amazing. Now I need some other people to go to the other end of that rope with Bonnie. No, we're not jump roping. You can pull in close, Bonnie. Go ahead, go down there, Monica. Grab on the end with Bonnie. Go on up there. We can get some guys on there. Come on, you guys over there, except Destiny. Don't get up, Destiny. No, hold it together. Grab it, we're gonna do tug of war. Oh. Come on, get up, Minister Joe. All right, y'all all go on that end. Yeah. Okay, you got it? You got it? Oh, y'all don't think I'm strong? I hear all these people going, oh my. <laughs> don't hurt yourselves, don't do it. All right, you ready? On your mark. Bonnie, you're the anchor. Get set, go. Let it go. That's weight. Those are burdens. Those are cares. I wasn't meant to be able to pull this weight. I wasn't meant to be able to take on all of that. You see all of that behind me? It's behind me. It's a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And every single day that I entertain it in my thoughts, every single day that I don't let it go, I'm walking around trying to do life with this weight. I'm trying to talk to people, but this thing is constantly pulling me back. It's pulling me back. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. I don't need to ask God because the Bible says that I'm supposed to let it go. Let it go. It's just that. Now, y'all saw when I grabbed on that rope, everybody was like, uh-uh, she's going to hurt herself. She don't need to be doing that. She can't be doing that. That's how God is looking at you going, let it go. You shouldn't be holding on to that. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not good for you. That's not going to help your body. That's not going to keep you healthy and strong. That's not going to help your mind. Let go. And he says, so when you, you get in those situations, he comes up right beside you and you let it go and you allow him to work on your behalf. Acknowledge it and let it go. Lay it at his feet. Every event we experience is processed and stored in our brain structures. The mind and body can readily access these memories, which will lead to either a positive or negative physical and emotional response. These events ultimately lead to edifying or destructive behaviors, which in turn lead to gain or loss. So this amazing brain that God gave us, it's a powerful thing. And it's why he tells us to renew our mind on a daily basis. Every single day. Thoughts, memories, things come. In Dr. Archibald Hart's book, Habits of the Mind, he says, 
Our body is a servant of the mind. It obeys the operations of the mind, whether they be deliberately chosen or automatically expressed. Disease and health, like circumstances, are rooted in thought. He goes on to say that feelings are the consequences, not the cause of our emotional problems. Our emotions are good sources of information about how we are thinking. We cannot control our emotions directly, but we can influence how we are feeling by changing our thoughts. Change our thoughts first, and the desired feelings will follow. Our reactions, our emotions, our attitudes are the result of our thoughts. So we change the way we feel by reading the Word of God, meditating on it, which changes our thoughts, which helps us to move forward. Number two, forgive. It takes faith to forgive. Pray and ask God to help you. We forget that step. We just think, oh, God said to forgive. But, you know, sometimes you have to pray and say, God, help me to forgive. Help me to be a doer of your word. He said he gives us the Holy Spirit as our helper. He is there to help us. And as I said earlier, if he's asking you to do something, he's not asking you to do it alone, but he's asking you to submit yourself to him so that he can help walk you through the process. And every time you go through these steps, you acknowledge, you walk, you step, you submit, you know, it just makes you stronger, stronger in him, stronger in the word, because why? You're getting the word in you. You're learning. And then when that thing comes, you can recognize it for what it is. So the next time it comes around, you're not caught by the same thing. Because if you notice, the same thing will keep coming, but from a different person. The devil brings the same wrapped up gift but brings it from a different person. So he'll give it to you over here. Maybe you'll take it this way. Maybe you'll take it that way. Maybe I can sneak it in this way. But how many of you get tired of the same loop? You know how you get out of that loop? You do the work and get out of that loop. You acknowledge it for what it is. You submit it to God and you ask him to help you with it. See, a lot of times we think God's not working if he doesn't immediately remove something from us. But we need to invite him in to help us with it. Some things we go through, and it's very much character building. And God's like, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to walk you through this, but I need you to stick with me. And once you walk through it and you get to the other side of it, then when it comes again, you recognize it for what it is, and you can now help others. That's the power of your testimony. Oh, I've been there. Let me help you. Come on. Let me disciple you. Brother Hagen said, forgiveness, Kenneth E. Hagen Sr. said, forgiveness is a supernatural outworking of God's spirit through you, enabling you to extend something you could never do apart from his indwelling activity. 
He alone can compel a grieving mother to forgive her child's killer or a betrayed friend to forgive an act of emotional disregard and cruelty or a deceived wife to welcome back the one with whom she exchanged those first vows. It's only through him. Colossians 3, verse 12 through 15 in the New Living Translation says, Since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. Remember, and anyone who offends you, so that lets you know that you will be offended. And anyone can do it. And you need to offend, I mean, you need to forgive anyone. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'm not saying this process is easy, but it's so worth it. There's very few things in life that are worth it that are easy. Forgiveness is not optional. It's an act of obedience that is not dependent upon anything else. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 in the New Living Translation says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and we've read this one before, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The amplified version of verse 32 says, forgiving one another readily and freely as Christ forgave you. Just do it. I mean, as painful as it is, just do it. It's more painful to be in unforgiveness than it is to step up and be the bigger person and offer forgiveness. It really is. And number three, shed. So number one was acknowledge. Number two is forgive. Number three is shed. This is the good part. Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 2 in the New Living says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. This is the part of the process where you hit that submit button. So you've acknowledged it. You've gone to God. You've laid it down at his feet. 
You've forgiven, and now you're submitting, you're shedding, and you're moving forward. And when you get to this process, it's like you stop, you know, walking with a limp or you stop, you know, feeling that you're weighed down. It's when you start feeling lighter and you start feeling the joy and you start feeling the peace. And it's like, ah, this is how it's supposed to be. I can't believe I held on to that thing for so long. I can't believe I allowed that thing to to stop me from what God has for me. That's the, that's the thing about it, is that unforgiveness, it hurts you. It stops the blessings that God has for you. It causes you to be sick. It causes you to be in bitterness. Shedding means choosing to put it all down at the feet of the cross and never picking it up again. And I'm definitely a big believer. If Satan can't um, disable you, then he's going to try to distract you. And holding on to hurt and pain, that is a big distraction. You know why? Because you get so focused on it. You can't do anything else. You can't see anything else. Like he's trying to, um, I'll, I'll use my nephew as an example. He was outside playing, running around, and he didn't have any shoes on. And um, so the, in their, their backyard, the, the slab of concrete before you get out to the um, grass is like, kind of like a cobblestone thing. So anyway, he was running around, and so he kicked his toe, and he scraped it up really, really bad. So all of a sudden, it was like, we were playing, we were throwing the ball, we were having a good time. Then all of a sudden, he was like, ah, ah, you know, he's screaming. And I was like, come on, come on, let's throw the ball, you're okay. Ah, no, my toe, my toe, my toe, you know. And all he could focus on was the fact that his toe was hurting. And I was like, all right, come on, let's go inside, we'll clean it up, and ah, you know, whatever. And then, you know, it, it hurt, but it didn't hurt until he could see it in the light, because we were playing in the dark. And then he got it in the house in the light, and he looked down, and I was like, oh, it's bleeding. Ah, you know, he lost it, because it went from, yes, I kicked my toe to, oh my gosh, there's blood coming out, you know, it's a really bad thing, and you know, we bring out this stuff, and we're cleaning it up, and he's like, you know he'd look at it and the more he looked at it you know the worse it became and it was just such a problem you know and he couldn't focus on anything else it's like oh you want this you want that you want a band-aid yes I need a band-aid and so cleaned it up put a band-aid on it hopped down the kid takes off running like nothing happened Two seconds ago, your toe was falling off. It was the end of the world. You were losing it because his focus was on that toe. It was on the blood gushing out of it. He couldn't see anything else. He couldn't function. But as soon as that Band-Aid got on there, then he was able to hop down immediately out of pain and move forward. But while he was focused on that, nothing else could happen. 
everything else stopped. So while you're focused on that pain, while you're focused on what that person did to you, while you're focused on how you're feeling, while you're focused on this and focused on that, God's up here going, hello, let it go. I've got something I want to do for you. I've got something I have for you. Just let that go. But you're like, but no, God, did you see? They really hurt me. It's not okay. Are you going to get them if I let it go? We get so concerned that if we let it go, that means that God, that God, that justice is not going to be served. That, you know, somehow us letting it go and us walking in forgiveness means that things aren't going to get taken care of. But you know what the best justice is? Is that other hurting person that hurt you receiving the love of God and their life being changed. Because you offered forgiveness, now their heart is open because they're like, I was so ugly towards you. How in the world could you forgive me? I can't even forgive myself. But you're offering them forgiveness opens the door for God to work in them and for their lives to be changed. And because their life is changed, then they can change and influence the circle of people that they're around. So if we think of the bigger picture, how many lives can be changed just by you sucking it up going, I forgive, I release it, I let it go, I'm not holding on to that? Because at the end of the day, it's about walking in love and it's about people receiving Jesus. And I don't want to be a hindrance towards anyone. If anything, if I can come up to you and say, you know what, I love you. Will you please forgive me for my wrong words or my wrong actions or if what I said offended you? Sometimes we say things and we don't offend people on purpose, but they were offended. But that doesn't mean, oh, well, I didn't mean to do it. So why should I have to be the one to say I'm sorry? They should come and apologize to me because they were rude to me. No, but I should be able to go and I should be able to say, you know what, I'm so sorry if my words offended you, if my actions offended you. I love you and I didn't mean that. Please forgive me. What does that do? That breaks them down. That melts them. And then they're going, oh, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And now whatever they were holding on to, you've helped them to heal. Walking in love and walking as a unit. What's the most important thing? Us walking together or you being right? Walking together. Because the devil knows that as a church, as a body, we are a powerful entity when we're united. So when we give in to him and we allow division to come in, then we allow him to come in and he can pick off people one by one. But when we see it for what it is and we come together as a unit, then when he comes up against you, there's no way that he's getting in there.
My dad used to teach me how to box, and he'd say, you know, you do like this, you always cover your face. And that's what it is when we come together as one. We're always covering. There's no way in. We cover our thoughts, we cover our mind, and we do it together. That's forgiveness, that's freedom, and it isn't fake, but it is final. True forgiveness is when you can walk up to someone who's hurt you and you can hug them, do good for them, walk hand in hand with them, work with them, side by side with a common goal and you've let that thing go. And that's our goal, is true forgiveness, walking hand in hand. Now, I don't wanna get, get up here and also paint this you know, picture that you know, just because you, you walk in forgiveness that it's going to restore every relationship to where it once was. That might not be the case. You may have a different type of relationship, but as long as you can walk together, <laughs> that's the most important thing. If you can be in the same room with the same goal, serving the same people together. Amen? John 8, I'm going to close with these two scriptures. John 8, 36 in the New Living Translation says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. There is freedom in forgiveness. Galatians 6, 9 through 10. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity... We should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. We will always have opportunities to walk in love and walk in forgiveness. And don't get weary in doing it. It's a part of life. It's a part of growing. It's a part of maturing. It's a part of peopling every single day. <laughs>